Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, good morning, Freedom Church. So good to see everybody here. Man, we got a packed house. Love that. So if, if you have some spots maybe in the middle of your row, maybe you want to squeeze in so people can find their space, it's awesome. We've got ushers in the back ready to help, which is awesome. Uh, my name is Jared, one of the pastors here at Freedom Church. just want to take this time to welcome our Crookston campus. Let's just give a welcome to our Crookston campus. We love you guys. The Lord is at work in Crookston. Love that. And for the, anyone else tuning in online, I want to give a welcome to you as well. And as Jack mentioned earlier, well, happy Palm Sunday. You know, normally Palm Sunday or in, in some churches, you kind of have the palm branches and the kids waving them. And anyone grow up with that kind of, it's awesome. I did. Uh, but the thing was, we couldn't find any palm trees. I don't know where all the churches get them. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's good to have everybody. Uh, we're continuing our, our sermon series on the Holy Spirit entitled Empowered. Pastor Nathan kicked it off last week. And, you know, it's, it's kind of humbling teaching on the Holy Spirit because he is just the mysterious, necessary, hard-to-get-your-finger-on part of the Christian life. And... For me, it's very humbling because we're all in process, and our Christian growth and maturity really hinges on our reception of the Holy Spirit and His work in our life. And so I, I feel the task is kind of like explaining how to parent kids. You know, I had a way more defined, confident approach to parenting kids before I had kids. I mean, I knew exactly what to do. And so it's the same with the Holy Spirit. The more you lean in, the more you let him work on your life, it's kind of like, man, I didn't, didn't realize this was a part of it. And you just kind of, you just let him really lead the show. And sometimes you don't have as concrete next step. You know, this is what you need to do next and then do this. Because really, same thing with parenting. Each kid is so different. I was ready to write the book on parenting before we had kids, but I was definitely ready after our first. I mean, if you know our oldest son, Peter, awesome kid, very compliant, we were sure we had it nailed. And then we had three other kids, like, oh, we're going to have to revise this <laughs> a little bit, because each kid is different. And just like us, we're the Lord's kids. And so what the Lord is doing in my life, what the Lord is doing in your life, what the Holy Spirit is bringing us to the next step might be different. And so for me to, and Pastor Nathan to come up and say, you know, here's the three-step process to full maturity in Jesus Christ you know, something that we're not able to do. And so at the outset of this sermon series, at the outset of this sermon, I just ask you and invite you just to open your heart. You might hear a message in your heart today that is, doesn't come from my mouth, if that makes sense. I might be saying words that are going this direction, but you might be hearing words that are going in this direction and say, man, I don't know why I'm taking that application from this sermon, but I feel like the Lord's speaking to me, and that's perfect. That's really what we want, the Holy Spirit speaking his words into your heart and really just being open to that. So we're going to dive in this morning to 2 Corinthians. So if you have access to the Word of God 
or on your phone or device, you can open it at 2 Corinthians, kind of in the middle of the New Testament, one of the last really big, long books. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible at home, we have a bunch of Bibles at our kiosks in the back and in the connections area. We'd love for you to just take it home. That's our gift to you. We'd love everyone to have access to the Word of God. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read one lowly old verse, verse 17. It'll be on your screen as well. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so in this place, the good news is, the Spirit of the Lord is here. This is not some geographical location. You don't have to go to the Holy Land to experience God. But the Holy Spirit is here. Wherever the name of Jesus is proclaimed, there is the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is here, and without mixing words, the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, talk about hope. Talk about direct. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It doesn't say there is freedom unless you're an addict. It doesn't say there is freedom unless this is your first Sunday to church in a long time. It doesn't say where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, unless you've been a believer for a really long time and haven't found freedom in that one area. It doesn't say any of that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom today. And she might say, okay, you, know, you guys talk a lot about the Lord being here and the Spirit's here and speaking to you, the Spirit's here, so why don't I feel freedom? Why don't I have freedom in my life? Well, the same is true for me, as is for everybody, that we, a lot of times, can restrict and keep the Spirit out of our hearts, and thereby restricting the freedom that He would bring into our lives. And so, I've seen two ways that we restrict freedom in our life, the freedom that the Lord would bring to us. The first way is we don't let God make us uncomfortable. And the second is, we really worry about what other people think. So the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, but what keeps the Spirit out of our hearts, restricting the freedom God would have for us personally, is we don't let God make us uncomfortable, and we just worry about what other people think. So, going back to the verse, you might have missed it, but it starts by saying, now the Lord is the Spirit. What that means is the work of Jesus is synonymous, complementarian to the work of the Spirit. So that means that whatever the Lord wants to do isn't different than what the Spirit wants to do. And the work of the Holy Spirit is not different than the work of Jesus. They are one and the same. The Lord is the Spirit. And I don't know if this is true for you, but in my life, Whenever I feel God making me uncomfortable, my defense mechanism is to separate the work of the Lord from the work of the Spirit. Meaning, and this is how it's played out in my life, if I feel the Lord doing something uncomfortable to me, I will say, well, that's optional. You know, that's not like 
the heart of the gospel message. What God wants to do in my life isn't like what Jesus did on the cross to pay for my sins so I go to heaven. This is kind of secondary. And so I'm able to detach it and say, well, you know, I'm going to major on the majors, but the other stuff, I'm just going to let it go. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've separated that in your heart or in your mind to say, I'm not going to dabble into the things of the Spirit. I'm not going to dabble into that because, you know, that's not really the heart of the message of it and the work of Jesus. That's just kind of secondary, optional, maybe the cherry on top add-on. But to say the Lord is the Spirit and to say the work of the Lord is actually the same work of the Spirit and to say maybe I need to revisit some things. You see, I, I grew up in an in a awesome, awesome church, awesome church background. So thank the Lord for just my heritage and the faith. Uh, but one thing we didn't talk a lot on was the Holy Spirit. We didn't have sermon series on the Holy Spirit. We didn't talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We didn't really approach that topic a whole lot. So growing up, college, even in seminary, it was just kind of an unknown topic. And it was kind of like, you can't know. Why study it? <laughs> you can't understand the Holy Spirit. Just, just don't even try. And I kind of had an indifference in my heart to the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe a skepticism weirded out a little bit, but largely an indifference. You know, I feel like I had the work of the Lord, and I was going to just run with that. I even remember in seminary that the church we were going to, someone saying, well, you know, how come, how come the gifts of the Spirit aren't really at this church? How come we don't pursue those? And I literally said in my mind, who cares? <laughs> like, why would you even ask that question? Who cares? That is such a position that kept me in bondage. Where I would have seen my sensibilities you know, my intellectual skepticism as something noble and honorable. But the Lord started dealing with me about that. He started giving me uh, thoughts and pursuits of topics in the scriptures that I hadn't really pursued before. He started putting me in settings that made me a little uncomfortable. It was unfamiliar to me. And the Lord started opening my heart to the work of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know about you, not everybody grew up in the same kind of background I did, but when people would start talking about faith healing or words of knowledge, words of prophecy, or you know, words of wisdom, I have a word for you from somebody else, or speaking in tongues or interpretation of tongues, miracles, all of that stuff, really expressive worship, just kind of, to be honest, it just kind of, I was unfamiliar with it. And my mind was, who cares? I don't see what that's benefiting me or the church in any way. It's just kind of an add-on. It's kind of a secondary thing. But the Lord started dealing with me, like I said, to say, no, the work of the Lord is the same as the work of the Spirit. And I can't be indifferent and even opposing the work of one member of the Trinity and think I'm embracing the other ones. So he started opening me to the work of the Holy Spirit, to the things that we'll talk about, I'm sure, in other sermons in this series. And so I started pursuing 
started studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord started breaking my heart free of some judgmentalism and some crustiness that had formed. And the clincher for me, I remember, is when I saw somebody get healed because of prayer. And I just thought, man, (laughs) I'm missing something. To watch somebody be freed of an illness because of prayer in Jesus' name, it was like just the clincher in my heart to say, I have, I have missed something somewhere. And the Lord has done more in my life by way of freedom, by way of life and life abundantly, as I have welcomed the work of the Holy Spirit into my life. Even though at times it's been uncomfortable. And unfamiliar. You know, the Holy Spirit's kind of like a chiropractor. Sometimes he's got to put you in an uncomfortable spot <laughs> before he can set you free. And it's not because he, he likes us feeling uncomfortable, but to be honest, it's just that's what he has to do to bring us to a point of freedom and deliverance and healing. You know, maybe you came from a different background where the gifts in the Holy Spirit were really pursued really pursued, extremely, and it was almost the opposite, where the, the Spirit was pursued to such a degree that it's almost like the work of the Lord was, was put aside, so that no matter what you felt the Spirit was calling you to do or to say, no matter how distracting it was, no matter the effect on the body, it didn't matter we were going there. Rather than honoring the work of the Lord and the shepherd, the body of Christ, and the work of the Spirit never counteracting the work of the shepherd in the body. The work of the Holy Spirit for the common good, for the common good of all. And so my encouragement for us this morning and for myself is, is to let the Lord take us to unfamiliar places. Because the truth is, sometimes bondage can be the most familiar thing to you. And you know it's it's wrong, you know it's hard, you know there's better, but sometimes we just like to know what's going on. Sometimes we like familiar, even when familiar is bondage. And so for the Spirit to set us free is to take us to places that are unfamiliar, but good, and freeing, and liberating. And that's been the story for me and for my life. And so the second thing that keeps us from freedom is we really worry about what people think. And before we get into that, I do want to share another verse in the Gospel of John. So check out this verse in John 7. This is Jesus speaking, and you can see the 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 unity he feels with the work of the Spirit. Because on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then, he's, then it says, Now this he said about the Spirit. So Jesus saying, come to me if you're thirsty, I'll give you streams of living water. What he meant was the Holy Spirit would come into your life and change you. 
and bubble out of you things that weren't bubbling before. Where there was dryness, there'd be life and water whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And what I believe that's referring to is Acts 2, the, on Pentecost where the Spirit was poured out on the believers. And they had such unity, such worship, glorifying the name of God. They're speaking in tongues and preaching boldly to the people and laying their hands on the sick and they were getting well and being bold, speaking the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit coming into people and doing a work in their lives. And all of that was pretty unfamiliar to them, except their time with Jesus, obviously, but good. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians 3, 17. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and the more we keep those in the same the more we keep those unified, the more we read the word, the gospels and acts and the, the letters of the New Testament, the more we say this is the same one work of the Lord, the better we'll be. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Like I said, other ways that we restrict the freedom of the, the Spirit is that we just really worry about what other people think. See, sometimes it's our own reservations that keep us from freedom. Like how we're feeling uncomfortable, unfamiliar. I don't know about this. I'm just going to put that on the shelf. It's secondary stuff right now. Sometimes our own reservations keep us from freedom. But sometimes it's the reservations we think other people have that keep us from freedom. Have you ever been in a worship service, let's say on Palm Sunday in Grand Forks, just totally hypothetically, or in Crookston or wherever you are, and you felt within you, gosh, I just want to worship. I just want to, I want to, do something with my hands. Maybe I want to clap, but I don't know if this is a clap song. <laughs> and even if it was, I don't know how to keep the beat. <laughs> we have a weird thing with clapping. I don't know. <laughs> I like to clap, but I also like to clap with everybody else, so I'm just as guilty. <laughs> you know, maybe, I, maybe I, I just want to sit down. I don't know why. I, I just want to, I want to, I just feel tears coming to my eyes, but, you know, maybe I want to come up to the altar have you ever felt something well up inside of you and you know it's the Lord and you know it's good and yet we cut it off because we're worried about what other people might think? And honestly, they might not even think anything. It's what we're perceiving someone would think. Well, how would I look? Well, what's going to happen? When honestly, we're probably all having our eyes closed and wanting to clap, but <laughs> we're not sure if we want to go there. <laughs> Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What God is doing is, I want to set you free. I want to bring you to that place where rivers of living water are coming out of you. I want to bring you to that place where you say, man, God, you're so good. You're so good, God. I want to bring you to that place where you lay your burdens on the altar, where you lay your stresses and your anxieties and your, your things at the altar. I want to bring you to that place where you can just release it all. And we're so often hampered because of what we're worried other people would think. Which is such a, a snare of the enemy. And I've obviously faced it in my life as well. A little earlier in the passage, in verses 12 and 13, it says that Moses had a similar problem. It says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. 
And I think very bold. What does very bold mean? Does it just mean boldness for boldness? Like, I'm just going to do something crazy. No, it's when you feel the Lord bringing something to your heart, you're bold enough to let it out, to let it come through. Because that always honors the Spirit's work and it always honors the body. When you're just authentic and letting the Lord come through. We're very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So he, he would like veil himself, not for God's sake, not because of him and the Lord, but because of him and the people. And says, we're not like that. When the Lord's welling up something in your heart, the Lord's meaning freedom for you and worship and life. When he's welling up inside of you to turn a conversation toward the Lord or toward your testimony, what you know to be true about the Lord, that he's looking to set you free as much as he's looking to set the other person free. When you have this impulse to pray or to read the word, to be feel like, I can't do that in front of my, my dorm mates, my apartment people or at work. He's wanting to set you free in that way. And it's awesome. It's really awesome. And so nothing revolutionary really this morning. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And sometimes we come to the Lord and we know He's there. And sometimes we come into church and we know He's right here. And sometimes He speaks to the inner depths of our heart and we think, "Uh uh-oh. He's there. And to the degree we let Him in and do something unfamiliar in our hearts is the degree that we just let him just clean house and to set us free. So like I said, not a revolutionary message this morning, but I've really been challenged myself just to give the Lord everything, to lay down my, my judgmentalism, to lay down some of my skepticisms or my, my need for comfort and familiarity and to say, if I see it in the word, and someone else is testifying to it, man, i got to let the Lord tell me to receive that or not, to be open to what the Lord is doing. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.